This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Welcome, Ghosts and Ghoulies. Today we've got two reprehensible reanimation resurrections with 2003's Beyond Reanimator and 2005's Return of the Living Dead Rave to the Grave. So don't be afraid to let her know it's too much teeth, because it's time for Frightful Failures! You know, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that you know, I, I can't go to haunted houses at a normal time now anymore. It has to be 10 a.m. If it's oh. if, if it's if I go to a haunted house any later than 10 a.m. now, I I'm, I'm asleep. You know, a 6 p.m. haunted house. No dice. I don't want it. I want it to be bright, shining daylight. I want to have a cup of coffee and I want to walk in that haunted house. That's all I'm so- trying to say. So I'm 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 hearing that you're part of like a new subgenre of haunts where you're you're all in for the early bird specials. Yes, correct. Yeah, I want okay. dinner okay. at 3 p.m. at Olive Garden. <laughs> I want unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks, and and you know I'm gonna ask that server for a cup of Super Toscano to go, and they are gonna roll their eyes, but they're gonna bring it to me. And I'm gonna tip I was them 15%. Trying- I was trying to strain my brain of like, how do we do a coupon tie-in? And I was like, I don't know. Olive Garden, when you're here, the Saw's family? I don't know. I don't know. We'll work We'll work on that first. Yeah, we'll work on that. Nevertheless, uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Frightful Failures. I am your ghost host with the most, Zach Romero. Joining me here, as always, is your ghost host with the most, Tien Guignol. And Tien, we're finally back to form here. Uh, this is what the show is built upon. We are going to be comparing two perhaps not great films in the horror genre. And we will analyze them, we will dissect them, and then as though we were dueling Victor Frankensteins, we will rebuild them and conquer the local village and scare the children. Yeah, I bet you all thought we were never going to do movie reviews on here ever again. It certainly seemed that way with those back-to-back interviews, and I bet you thought this is a haunted house podcast now. What happened? (laughs) Now, you could also replace you thought with you wished that we would not go back to this, but too <laughs> fucking bad. Uh, we, we have we've come back to form here. And in, in an interesting twist here, we're, we're delving into something that doesn't really get a lot of love and respect. And that's the sequel, especially with horror films uh, in an earlier era than we are now, unless you're like Saw or, you know, Annabelle. You weren't typically getting a thousand uh, sequels, but there was a previous era where if you were even remotely making money, it was like, guess what? You're signed up for five sequels. And so we've decided to jump right dick deep into far off uh, sequels to cult classic horror franchises and uh, go in cold and see if they really just absolutely piss on the face of the original films that were so great. Yeah, um, uh, these actually, both of these movies um, are two early 2000s sequels, um, and not a a second sequel, but a later sequel. Uh, Mm -hmm. One is the third, and one is the fifth movie, actually. Um, But both early 2000s, uh, one is 2003, one is 2005, two beloved cult classic 80s gore-heavy 
uh, sort of, uh, I guess you could call them both kind of rock and roll alternate style movies. I would say kind of they like had their own horror. Yeah, you know? they had their own style to them. They had yeah. their own sort of aesthetic um, off the beaten path. Yeah. So um, uh, without further ado, these two movies are Beyond Reanimator and uh, Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. So without further ado, let's just get started with 2003's Beyond Reanimator. Now, uh, the storyline of uh, this here lovely film is that uh, Jeffrey Combs has returned as Herbert West. And uh, at the beginning of the film, he is arrested for one of his presumed his corpses uh, murdering a young woman nearby uh, while her two young, not kids, but little brothers, I guess, um, are playing outside. And uh, as he's being arrested... Uh, his uh, glow stick falls out of his pocket and one of the kids finds it and uh, that's how the movie starts. Um, it then transfers to a prison that uh, he's been at for some time. Um, the grown-up version of the kid that found the glow stick has become a doctor and is now the uh, primary physician at this prison. Um, it turns out that Dr. West has developed... Uh, yet another breakthrough in his reanimation science. He's developed uh, a chemical that is going to uh, retain some of the brain function that has been such uh, an issue for his reanimated corpses, just being sort of mindless, uh, terrorizing bodies, ripping apart living beings. Um, and uh, again, he is uh, back on the horse trying to uh, perfect his potions and uh of course all hell breaks loose so that's sort of the basic premise of the film and you know that there's there's an element to this reanimator sequel and i'll just say i have not seen bride i don't believe okay. um but but there's an element to this that that feels genuine because it's jeffrey combs um that feels not off base you know so like there's a lot of practical gore effects in it that i think are, are well done uh same um, director as the original you know like we, we so with somewhat same creative team same director as the sequel right as and Brian. i believe the first one too are you sure i think so i was looking it up and it was the same guy that did bride who directed it um maybe i'm I, wrong i have a lot of questions about the production of this trilogy like there's okay. a there's a half Spanish cast and crew. Yes. Is the prison in South America? I. It doesn't say it that it is. Certainly, it would seem that way. But it because the warden be. is has a very thick Spanish accent. Um, the vast majority of the other prisoners that aren't Herbert West are Latin American. Um, and I mean, technically, Bride of Reanimator did take place in like South America, so. Right. They don't ever call attention to it, but I suppose, yeah, I guess it theoretically could be. I guess, I mean, it seemed like it was just a production thing. Like, it seemed like whatever they did to cut costs or, you know, like that, that it was cheaper to film in South America. And that's probably why they did it. But, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, either way. Okay, uh, you're finding you, something? Yep, you're right. You're right. I'm a big dumbo. Um Stuart Gordon directed the first one, right? Yes, and, and it's some other Brian Brian Usna was the producer of the original one. I see, and I think he carried that over through all of them. So that would explain why we kind of are off base a little bit, um, yeah, in terms of that. So I apologize. I'm a big dumbo and I don't know anything. So, 
So Herbert West has been working, has been living and working in his own little lab undisturbed for years. And the little magic element he needed was like a light fixture in a prison cell. Is that what well, I'm to, led to the, believe? The film kind of suggests that like he couldn't get his hands on the chemicals to make his reanimation glow stick fluid. So instead, he's just sort of been like, well, what else can I do? And so he came up with bottling soul energy into a tiny light bulb. Um, Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that's not what he does. No, that's precisely what he does. Like, it's like a little, it's a little, it's just magic. I don't know. It's, not, it's just a little magic vial. I, like, I wish there was a character in the movie who just said it just like that. When he was like, <laughs> yes, this is where I've evolved my prem- my th- theory and now I have this this energy that comes from the corpse and blah 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 and someone went oh my god it's magic and he was like yes it's also that oh. yes I, I'm also I've pulled a rabbit out of my hat and um, I like that our Herbert West is also just Vincent Price um, <laughs> well he basically is but so so because for whatever reason like a half to two thirds of this cast are spanish-speaking actors the whole movie feels really really badly 80 yard like and i don't mean badly 80 yard like it's a kung fu movie and their lips don't match but in like a it's very obvious we're not hearing the audio of where this person is like the uh, the, you know the the first time we see west in his cell it's like He's experimenting, and then the guard's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, no. And he, like, turns around like, hmm, you're dumb. And the guard's like, oh, and is befuddled by that. Um, <laughs> I am? But the entire scene is silent, except for these two men talking. In a full-blown prison, like, full of inmates, full of murderers. They say, like, yeah. oh, he's the worst inmates ever. Like, and it is absolutely silent as these two men have a very calm conversation where the dummy fucking security guards like you got a new work order and he's like hmm i suppose hmm, you have a real little dick and he's like oh a little dick and like still utter (laughs) silence there's no sound whatsoever other than these two men talking and there's so many scenes of that that it's kind of distracting because if they were filming on location like if you were getting audio there there would be little noises and things the most we get is like foley work of like someone clumping on the floor when they walk in, like, <laughs> like, oh, time to go in the hole and I'm going to go visit the spooky worst part of the fucking prison. Conk, conk, conk. Like, it's a radio play. Like, okay, yeah. great. This is wonderful. Um, yeah. So, so that's, when, that are, when are you going to come clean on about the fact that uh, the theme from the original reanimator is just like the theme from Psycho? What? Don't, why you don't. Look, I'm already on the verge of shitting blood as it is. It's like you don't have to fucking make it worse. So well, why okay. did they do that? I don't get it. Because Charles Band made helped make the first one, and he rips everything off. It's okay. the man who brought us Puppet Master. Like he never he never saw a concept that he didn't want to rip the fuck off of. So all right, fine. Here's the thing. This this movie stung a little bit to watch. It really did, because I do genuinely love the original Reanimator. And so with that bias in mind, I say that Jeffrey Combs is not the best performance in this film or the best character in this film. 
he's the only performance in this film. Like, it's one of those cases where, like, Jeffrey Combs has played Herbert West in all three movies. He's, like, been there on the ground floor of, like, figuring out this character. And so he knows what this character is like. He knows how to portray it. It's kind of like, you know, when Chris Evans, you know, is playing Captain America for so long that he's like, guess what? Now when I make decisions, that's what Captain America would do. I've been him so long, I'm him now. Same kind of thing. So he's great. He gives he he checks off all the Herbert West boxes. He has like a very preachy speech at one point about what he's doing isn't wrong. He's very like snooty. He thinks he's smarter than everybody. Um, he doesn't give a shit about like any kind of sexual relationship whatsoever. Like he's just like, <laughs> mm, women, what a distraction. Be an incel. Like that's like fine. Perfect. That's perfectly fine. So he is absolutely fantastic to watch in this, but there is no one else in this movie who's given even a quarter of that much thought. Like it's literally like, here's Jeffrey Combs playing this character again in a room full of cardboard cutouts. Like, just like, oh, this doctor, he's I, he's so confused. Oh, the warden, he's so bad. Oh, this Spanish stereotype is going to fucking kill Herbert West. Oh, this lady reporter was willing to do whatever it takes to get her story. Like, they're all just these big, dumb fucking cartoons. And then Herbert West is like, actually has some nuance to him and like, has some like depth to a character and literally nobody else in this fucking movie comes close. So it's like, yes, he's the best performance, but also everyone else sucks donkey balls. So it doesn't, it's not, it's not a great comparison. Uh, and, and another to, to compare it to another superhero, because you know, you're used to seeing like Chris Evans, Captain America is only in Marvel studios produced film. Right. So they all have, some level of quality to them. Like you're not going to find like the South American crew is not going to fly Chris Evans down to, you know, play Captain America in some ripoff movie. But to compare it to like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine that has been in dog shit movies like X-Men origins, where he's still playing Wolverine has been playing him for so long that, you know, all the dum-dums are just going to be kind of applauding in the audience. Like, hey, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, it's so cool. <laughs> oh, it's even he, They're nudging each other, knocking over the popcorn, like, his claws are going to come out, his claws are going to come out. Like, yes, Oh my yes. God, they're going to look so bad. Yeah, exactly. But yes, he's still him, and he's still at that same level of quality of performance, but it just so happens that the window dressing around him is dog shit. And that's exactly what this is. That's a great metaphor. That's exactly what we're finding ourselves in here. So, now, this is the kind of men's prison that has its female doctors wear lingerie and a lab coat and nothing else. That was odd, yes. Um, so, here's... Uh, let, can, I, can, I, can I talk about something that I had a particular problem with? Okay, sure. So, so the, the magic of the original reanimator is that we don't really get any kind of concrete explanation as to what exactly he is doing. Like he's got glow stick juice and he's like, trust me, this makes people come back from the dead. But the movie doesn't break down the chemical compound of it. It's not like, well, it's because of this and it's jumpstarting this. It's just sort of like waved away as like, I don't know, man, it's medical. Perfectly fine. This movie goes way in depth about how, like, the soul energy works 
and how it gets captured into a tiny light bulb and like what all that means only to piss on itself later when things start getting zany and out of control. And it's like, what, 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 you've made rules now and none of these rules apply anymore. Like, what are we fucking doing here? Like, oh, I took the soul from this thing and I put it in this thing now. And now it's starting to look like that thing and act like that thing. But also I brought the first thing back. So now the first thing is still acting like it's, it's like, okay, okay, okay. If you had left it vague, then whatever, everything's legal. But the fact that you went out of your way to be like, well, here's how it works, and here's the do's and don'ts, only to turn around and be like, yes, the warden is dead, but he also has been brought back with the soul of a rat. However, he still keeps his own memories and his own persona. But at the same time, part of the warden's essence is also in this other human being who is also kind of being the warden. So the warden is existing in two planes at the same time. And at one point the warden sucks and bites his own dick off. So that's beyond reanimator. No refunds. Um, I, I stopped trying to follow the science pretty early on. Um, I mean, the minute they did the first, uh, little transition where they, plugged the matrix jack into the back of somebody's head yes and then it did the and transition they went, and they went whoa clearly yeah, they went they went whoa yeah. um and then it did like a terrible cgi like electricity and then showing the neurons inside somebody's head and then that they said was, brain blast that was some brain blast shit that bill nye would have been like can we put any more budget towards this this is rough come on guys Come on, guys. Okay, so... Alright, so so here's my main issue with uh, Beyond Reanimator. Okay. What is beyond about it? It's, what beyond, is... it's beyond campy, and it's landed knee-deep in just dumb shit. That's what <laughs> okay. it is. Okay, so beyond stupidity? Yes, because the original had a good camp factor to it. There are some very silly moments. There are moments that make you laugh. There are things that are not taken super seriously in that film, but then there also are like truly horrific. A lot of the gore elements and things like that, or you're like Jesus Christ! Like it, it has a good balance of both. This does not. This is just like, uh, like okay. So as TN pointed out, so whatever, whatever, we're bringing whatever MacGuffin is necessary in order to get Herbert West back to making reanimation fluid, and. You know, he never saw a corpse that he didn't want to experiment on. Like, so that keeps happening. Oh, this inmate died. Well, we brought him back and now he's a fucking wild animal. Well, this inmate killed that inmate. Well, I brought him back too to see what would happen. Like, it's just that until finally the whole fucking prison is gone bananas. Um, but like, let's just talk about the Cheech Marin drug addict character. Okay. So there's an inmate even though this is supposed to be like the most violent prison on earth, he's there and he just seems to really love drugs. And the whole movie, he keeps trying to get like the doctor bag of Herbert West because he's assuming there's going to be like painkillers and open, open opioids and all that shit in there, which there isn't. So finally, when the prison's fucking rioting or whatever, this very insulting character finally gets the syringe and he shoots some of it into his arm while he's still alive, and it starts making him go, Ooh, ah, 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 and, like, 
zip zapping, zooping and Beetlejuicing around. And then he's like, I got to get more in my fucking arm. And so we keep cutting back to this man pretending to have a seizure and being like, I got to, I got to inject this. And you're like, I get it. It's insulting. Please stop. Don't stop. Keep going. It's a thousand fucking times. We keep checking in. Finally, Herbert West is like, Hey, give me that shit. And insulting guys like, nah, man, this fucking shit's great. I'm you've been holding out on me. And so then he injects himself again. And then Herbert West just kind of sits there and watches. And he's like, Hmm, interesting. And then the guy explodes and guts come out and an eyeball comes out to which Herbert West picks up the eyeball and puts in his pocket for no reason. And right before Herbert West leaves, drug addict guy comes up to the bars, even though he's like literally a skeleton with meat on him now. And he's like, Hey man, you got any more of that shit? And Herbert West is like, I think you've had enough. And like walks off huffily. And then drug addict guy's like, Oh, you don't even have aspirin. Like that's what this movie's doing. And I'm like, I I wish you didn't do that movie. I really wish you didn't. I feel I'm, I'm going to give you a hot take. I think that you're being a little harsh on that sort of bit. I th- I, th- I think honestly that that bit didn't really bother me that much. Okay. Like seeing the skeleton with meat on it saying, Hey, can I get another it? Like, yeah, it's a little offensive, but also I'm like, all right. Like, first of all, the, the meat puppet is practical. And, and second of all, it's like, it's not, I'm not like my, I'm not cringing at that joke. Like, it's fine. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's okay. But you, I, you, you take personal offense at a lot of this movie. Yes. But I will say this. Let me, let me be positive for a moment. This film does do a decent enough job of structuring itself to explain to someone who hasn't seen the movies before. Like, let's say this was the first movie you saw of reanimator. You get it. Like when you're watching it, you don't, you're not sitting there like, well, wait a minute. How are they being reanimated? As soon as you see glowy liquid and they stick it in the guy and the guy comes back, you get what this is about. You get what Herbert West is about. So I will say that, that it does do a good job of like, Hey, if this is your first time seeing this, this is kind of bringing you up to speed a little bit without doing a lot of exposition. And now we're going to tell our story. So I did appreciate that as a sequel. You want to be a sequel and carry on the story you're telling, but you also want to be somewhat accessible to first time viewers. And so I think that they did a decent job of that. Um, But it felt, it felt very much like they just had a dry race board and they were like reanimator in prison question mark. And then it was just like drug addict shoots it up. Like, Oh, guy gets, chopped in half somehow and still chasing Herbert. And then like, Oh, uh, what if a soul went into a different person's body and they became a rat person? You know, these are all just ideas that they scribbled out. It didn't really seem like they had like, Oh, but narratively, where can we go with this? Yeah. I, I wish that there had been more like from the beginning, some kind of arc or place they wanted to take Herbert West because he really is just as much as he's the best performer or the only performance in the movie. He is kind of this... Uh, uh, okay, here's the thing. I consider myself akin to Herbert West. And you know why? It's not because I'm a genius scientist, no. Um, it's because I will often do the same shit over and over again and expect it to turn out differently. 
Um, right. So my question is, why is Herbert West like that? And why do none of the movies change that about him? That despite the fact that he has plenty of evidence as a scientist about what his fluid does, exactly what his fluid does, down to the to the bone, he knows exactly how it works, what it does to somebody, that he, he continues to be like, well... You know, this corpse I just brought back just killed this other guy. So uh, I guess the only logical step here and, you know, stop stop me if I'm crazy, everybody. But uh, I guess I should just put it in the other guy that he just killed. I mean, that's where else would you go from there? No, you are exactly right. There is no arc to, to Herbert West. And in the first film, it's like kind of suggested that like that undoes him. Like, you know, the end of the first one, it's like he doesn't stop fucking around and eventually he dies because of it. And then we just wrote that out in the, in the sequel. Um, but you're right. In this one, it's like, I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. I'm going to keep doing it, even though the consequences are only getting worse. And then at the end of the movie, I'm going to just sneak away and just continue doing whatever the fuck I want to do. So that is, you're absolutely right. Uh, in terms of, you know, it's it's not like you're hitting a baseball and you're like, nah, man, it's just luck. I'm going to get it right one of these times. It's like, no, you know what's going to happen. You're going to inject this thing. It's going to go ape shit and it's going to kill somebody else. At least strap it down. At least be somewhat prepared. But every right. single time he's like, well, I injected it because I was like, fucking what else am I doing with this shit? And then it got up and got pissed off and wiped shit on the wall and then it killed three people. I don't know. Because it's, it's like, not like he's yeah, tweaking it that. For, it's not like he's tweaking the formula. It's not no. like he's like, oh, he's not. He's not like, oh, oh, I know what I need. Like, granted, this movie did the one. Uh, again, I haven't seen Bride. I don't know if there's anything that adjusts about his formula in Bride. I, I know yet. Um, uh, but at least in this, he's like, ah, I've got the soul essence now. Maybe this will right. make him kind of normal. But then it it doesn't. So he's just like, well, keep trying it. Well, because the problem is with the soul essence thing, I, how it should work by the logic of the movie is like, okay, person A is about to die. I'm going to painfully suck their soul out of their body before they die. Now they are dead. I'm going to reanimate them and then put their own soul back in their body. That's like how it's supposed to work. But instead... It's like, oh, person A is dead already, so therefore we cannot extract the soul juice. So instead, here's like the soul juice from a fucking homeless person, and we're just going to throw that in there, and that is probably the same. That's probably going to work out. And it doesn't at all. I guess I, I, I want to know so badly what his ultimate goals are like does he want to run miskatonic university does yes, he, want he want to like put his dick in god's face basically i've always believed that ultimately he just wants to just end death that would be like there no more death that you know basically at this i guess logic progression it would be like you'll have like a shooter with like reanimating juice and magic soul energy that you'll just be able to just <laughs> shoot in someone's leg. And then they'll be like, ta-da, I'm fine again. I'm no longer dead. Um, that's always been his goal. So I assume like Nobel peace prize. Oh, you know, run Miskatonic U. 
get your dick sucked wherever you go. I don't know. I don't know what his his list of objectives are, but I don't think that Herbert West wants his dick sucked in any no. way. No, he's very asexual, which I don't have a problem with. I think that's an interesting character choice. Yeah, I, I do as well. Because uh, because young doctor who moves heaven and earth to get fucking Herbert West back in business falls for this April O'Neil reporter lady, and Herbert West is just like, mm, bitches, like that's it. Like mm, he's just titties, every time, a distraction yeah. to like, science. Like, and and he uses that to like dunk on the the other doctor a couple of times like he's like damn it herbert you can't just be doing this willy-nilly there has to be a fucking moral code and he's like mm, you've got lipstick on your collar pussy and he's like and then that's the end of the discussion and like herbert's like gonna keep injecting people so like like that's know. a slam like yeah well at least i wasn't getting laid last night <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, I was here working on shit while you were getting your dick wet, you fuck. Like, way to slam him, I guess. Good job, I guess. Sick burn, yeah, Dr. West. Yeah. I bet you 69, you piece of shit. Anyway, here's this rat I killed. Like, yeah, you got you did the better job, I guess. I don't... Okay. Um. So let's talk about the warden. So the okay. warden, very subtle, very, very nuanced performance. Yes. Um... And so he's abusive and crazy and blah, 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 blah. And he wants to fuck this reporter chick. And she's like, nah, I'm going to fuck the other doctor guy. Cool. And so then the warden is like, ah, and murder through some stupid circumstances, chokes the reporter lady to death. And then oh shit and then doctor oh there she is and herbert's like you know what would solve that problem fucking injecting her with fucking fluid which is proven to be nothing but a disaster that would solve your fucking problems so they inject her she comes back she's a fucking scared animal oh no that's not what i want to do the horizontal mambo with so then it's like well we got to get her some soul juice the warden is like oh you have been experimenting uh, whatever they kill the warden. They take his soul juice. They put the soul juice of the warden into the, the reporter lady. So now she's back to normal, but she's also kind of Jekyll and Hyde, and she kind of turns into the warden at times. And that's, like, being used as a defense mechanism because, like, she gets cornered at one point by some inmates, and they're like, we're going to kill you actively, passionately. You're going to die. And then her, like, evil hand is like, ah, the warden. And, like, she murders all of the inmates and doesn't know how. So then they're like, cool, whatever. And so then Herbert West is like, you know, before I leave, because I'm about to get the fuck out of here and just get away with all of this bullshit, I'm going to put this rat soul into the warden's body because I don't know, fuck him, I guess. Does that, the warden becomes half man, half rat. Like, has pointy teeth, has mannerisms of a rat, attacks Herbert West, now he's full crazy, and is, like, hanging inmates by the neck, but also injecting them so they can't die. And, like, just knows how that works, by the way. We never get an... Ex like, there's no journal reading. He's just like, mm, fuck you, West, and, like, grabs the needles. And is like, I totally know how this works, and just starts injecting people left and right. Um, so, at one point, we cross paths. Reporter lady, who's been brought back from the dead once and has half the warden's soul in her, runs into the rat warden. And the rat warden's like, hey, for no reason, in the middle of this prison riot, 
I need you to suck my dick right now. <laughs> We've all been there. He unzips his pants. She's terrified. But and his like rat dick is like out and everything. And his Charles Entertainment cheese is out in the open. And <laughs> then she turns into the warden. And she go, she yells at the officer like, oh, security guard, go away. I'm about to suck this dick so good. And <laughs> okay. So then she, with the warden's soul and persona and personality and voice, is sucking the rat dick of the warden rat hybrid man, who is also still the warden. And then she bites the rat warden's dick off and spits it across the room. And he, the rat warden does not bleed out and die. But the film does feel the need to show us this, this, this severed penis several times. Like, yeah. action scenes will be happening. It'll be like, we gotta get out of the prison! And then we just cut to a rat. An actual rat is just like... Like the movie fucking Mousetrap with Nathan Lane is just like... <laughs> just rolling this, this human penis... In a hallway in a different part of the prison for no reason. All right. Now, you know me. I'm all about character motivation. I want to yes. get in people's heads. Yes. So if April O'Neil right. um, had become the warden in that moment, wouldn't she want to give the best head possible to the real warden's penis? Like, he's like, Here's... my God, uh, I've always wanted to do this. Here's the thing. <laughs> Fellas. Do it be gay if you kind of <laughs> suck your own dick? No. But you're a lady? But you're a lady doing it? <laughs> and the show, is, the show has hit a new high point. That's... Fellas, do it be gay when you wake up a lady and you go find you in a different body and suck your own dick? That's the great question. That's the question of 2020. Do that be gay? That's what I want to know. Uh, um, please comment below. Uh, yeah. Remember to like, smash that comment, like button. Subscribe. We're definitely canceled. There's no way we're coming back. Thank you again, Slash and Cast Network, for inviting our very mature, thoughtful it was, show. It was very short-lived, but it was great while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. No, because here's the thing that I don't understand. This is what I was talking about earlier with the magic soul science bullshit that they explained. <laughs> is like, how does this work? Is the warden existing at the same time? In two bodies? Does he know he's sucking his own dick? <laughs> like, because the answer is, well, no, because if he did, why would you go like, hey, so this has been a pretty weird weekend, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm staring down the barrel of my own former cock. I'm looking it right in the eye. I gotta suck it because I know me and I'm not going to take no for an answer from me. So I gotta suck this dick. But also while I'm here, I'm going to bite my own dick off. <laughs> Why? <laughs> or coincidentally, if we're going with the assumption of, Oh no, the warden, the warden soul in Laura was like, 
what an opportunity. How can I pass this up? And then Laura took control again. It was like, I got a boogie time to bite and run, which she has not exhibited any of that kind of behavior up until this point. So to answer the question, I don't know if it be gay or not. I don't, (laughs) I know many things. I do not know that. Wow. Well, um, I mean, what better note to end on when talking about Beyond Reanimator? Right. So then, I don't know. we so, so one last thing I want to talk about. Okay. So okay. The, the the ending with Herbert West, totally fine. The the prison's on fire. It's going to hell in a handbasket. Herbert takes the other doctor's ID badge, takes off his glasses. He goes with Superman rules. He's like, no one will be able to fucking tell it's me, and just waltz right out of the fucking prison as like the SWAT team comes in. And they're like, oh, that's clearly not Herbert West. And he gets away with it and good for him. But we end the movie in like a 15 minute fist fight between just a man and a woman. Like Laura, who is possessed by the dickless warden, is just fist fighting the other doctor. And we j- and and that's it. Like, it's just like, pa, 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 pa. like they're just fighting in a room extendedly and it's just like uh, okay or is this is this going anywhere and then it's just like ah oh, laura i don't want to fight you but i'll fucking elbow you you motherfucker like th- they just fight a lot and then finally he chops her fucking head off okay and then he calls her by his sister's name incest question mark i don't know hb lovecraft was racist we don't have time um so there's that Wow. Well, um, what a film, what a film, what a film indeed. Um, at, one final question about, um, beyond reanimator though, yes. when the, when the credits roll and it gives us one last stinger of the rat with the human penis again, and the penis comes to life and starts fighting the rat. Was that funny? <laughs> I can, I do not have a confident answer for do it be gay to suck your own dick if you're a girl. But I can definitively tell you that rat and dick warfare, not funny at all. I can definitively tell you that. Uh, Huge waste of time. If I was the distribution company and I saw that, I would be like, great, guess what you're doing with this? Burning all of it. We're not (laughs) releasing this. Fuck you. Fantastic. Um, And with that said, let's take a break. Frightful Failures presents... A First Date with Herbert West, Reanimator. Ahem, <clears throat> uh, greetings. Oh, 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 hey! <laughs> I almost didn't think you were coming! I am later than our agreed-upon time, yes. I was in the middle of something, uh, an experiment. Mm. Apology accepted. That was an apology. An experiment, though? That's f- oh, that's right. You said you were a scientist. What were you working on? My lifelong goal has been to halt the necrosis of living tissue through a miracle chemical of my own creation. I intend to defy whatever God has decided the amount of time in which our bodies may live on this earth. I have defeated death itself. Hmm. 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 <laughs> That's neat. I work at Michael's, which, like, I know you think, that sounds easy, but if you dealt with the kind of ladies I dealt with, oh my god, you would die. 
They want exactly three feet of the playful kitten fuchsia fabric. And if I go over one inch, oh, there's hell to pay. That sounds challenging. Is Plus, like, some of these women will take out the maroon yarn, decide they don't want it, and they throw it back in with the deep red yarn, as if those are the same color. They are most certainly not the same color. You... You look most superior to the photograph you had on Bumble. Oh, Herbie. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. What... What did you call me? Herbie! Uh, Herbie, my little love bug, because you're such a sweetheart. Herbie, tell me again. I'm sorry, I had a Cosmo, like one one Cosmo while I was waiting on you. You're a scientist, but like, what would you say, what, what would it be on your business card? Just like, scientists? Or like, tell me like in one word, your specialty. <sighs> Reanimation. <gasps> Animation? Like, like Pixar? Are you like Pixar? I'm not like Pixar. I, I am fucking a saw. Scientist. I saw Finding Nemo like four times in the theaters when I was in middle school. I cried every time, every single time. Herbie, please, you... I please listen. I am not an animator. I am a re-animator. Herbie, 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 Herbie. What's your favorite Pixar movie? Cars. Cars? Oh, that's the first. I'm thinking when says cars. I find it whimsical. Cars are not alive, and yet, in this, they are. Well, yeah, that's like the basic premise of every Pixar movie, so maybe I get that. Okay, well, uh, Herbie, I. Oh my god! Did you bring jello shots? What? You sneaky snake, you effing brought a jello shot? Oh, and it lights up! Novelty, I like that. What's it, like lemon f lime flavors? Or something? Mm, yum, 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 don't mind if I do. I'm just gonna no, no, no. take a no, little No, 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 that's not. No, please don't drink that. Oh, dear. You've drank it. Oh. Wow, delicious. Um, Yeah, so I, I do think Cars is kind of underrated, but I. And we're back. So now, to continue the theme here of jumping knee-deep into a late entry in a franchise, we go two years after Beyond Reanimator to the fifth entry in the Return of the Living Dead series, Return of the Living Dead, Rave <laughs> to the Grave, which I believe was made exclusively for the Sci-Fi Channel to debut on or whatever, so it's a made-for-TV zombie movie. Uh, and it was filmed, same location, same cast, and same time as... The fourth film, which I super haven't seen, so I have no fucking clue what that means. have not seen it either. Supposedly this one's a direct sequel that uh, revolves around the lead teenager's uncle, who we see at the beginning of the film, doing an illegal sale of the zombie gas. And uh, supposedly, according to the description I skimmed over of the last one, Necropolis, it's called, Return of the Living Dead 4, which... I mean, let me just say, according to the box art, looks totally disconnected to this film, completely. Like, name, art, everything. 
that looks like a really shitty Land of the Dead ripoff, and this looks like it was at least trying to have the aesthetic of Return of the Living Dead. Trying and failing, but anyhow, supposedly those teenagers in that movie are the same teenagers in this movie, but I don't recall any mention of that. I don't recall anyone being like, hey, this is a lot like what happened the last time. Yeah, they just... Crazy. It it feels like it's complete own thing. So basically what happens in this film is our main character, Cody, is this cool happening guy in college in Romania, it seems, uh, and he finds this canister of mystery stuff and he takes it to his little gang of friends and before they turn it into the feds they want to do like experiments to figure out what the hell is in this thing and it turns out that it's mind-altering drugs fluid stuff so then they start making pills out of it and they're gonna sell the drugs to all the kids on campus because they're gonna have a big halloween rave and so they do that and then whoopsies it turns out that what's in the canister is zombie-making material, so whoops, we've accidentally turned the entire campus into a horde of zombies, and how are we going to survive? And the uh, Jules and Vincent of Romania, you know, great value, are going to try to save the kids, but who knows, and time is running out, and we're going to rave to the grave and all that. I yeah, have perfect. It does not appear this movie connects in any way to the other films in the series, other than the fact that it uses the same you know, oil drum and tar man is in it for a minute. And I think it's the same chemical of Troxin or Troxin, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the um, same MacGuffin essentially yeah. is really the only connective tissue, but, but you would expect that maybe like some theming would be like the thing you would use if you were going to make a sequel to something. So you would expect that it would be like, I don't know, some punk kids and, yeah. you know, punk rockers, but that's no, not this, the case. This, this film super had the vibe of, like, we had a couple of sets left over from the fourth movie and we figured we could squeeze another film out. Like, that's really what it feels like. Because, like, yeah. all the characters are super thrown together. There really isn't a lot of, like, driving force of the plot. There's a lot of stuff that's not explained. It's just sort of like, I don't know, man, it's a zombie movie on a college campus. What do you want? And I'm like, oh, I'd like a little more. A little more thought put into this and just, ah, look at it. Okay, great. So when our main character, uh, Handsome McChad, uh, finds the oil drum, they're going to go take it to the resident science nerd on campus. And they're like, oh, if you can't figure it out, nobody can. And so they cut to this party and he's wearing a lab coat to the party because he's the science guy. Of course he would wear a lab coat to the party. Um... And he's, like, got some test tube uh, lab kit set up that he's, like, smoking out of. I don't know what he's... They're like, man, you can really science the hell out of getting high. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So he's really popular. And and honestly, when it cuts to this party, which is really encompassing of what the film is, it's, it's a big party and people are getting high. Um... Here's my Facebook quiz for you. Okay. Which person at the party in Return of the Living Dead, Rave of the Grave, are you? Are you the guy dressed like a Columbine shooter that has all the drugs Velcroed into the inside of his jacket that he's selling? Are you the two middle-aged men smoking a doobie at that high school party saying it's good shit? Why? Are, are you the guy offering a tofu kielbasa to a girl? Uh, or 
are you one of the girls flashing her titties for the camera? Which, Which there's one like, are you? There's like seven of them in the first five minutes. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, pace yourself, movie. You're going to blow it all over yourself. And then we're going to be <laughs> stuck with whatever you cobbled together for a story. Um, yeah, it was all bad. It was all bad. This movie was just, like I said, this is not even a film. This is a slideshow of bare tits and some spirit Halloween makeup. Like, it's it's so bad. And, like, I don't want to just keep slamming it because it's clearly made in Romania and that's why all the cars are ancient and, like, everyone has a weird accent. Uh, but it's it, this movie's just so bad of just, like, there's just nothing. It's just we're just waiting for, like, oh, well, the dance scene set's almost ready, so we'll just keep buying time until we get to that part. Like, nothing happens in this movie. It's like, oh, this drum is real weird. Hey, don't, you know... Chip Schuyler, don't fucking taste the juice in there. Ooh, I'm real high and it made me horny a little bit. Well, time to sell it. And luckily, every fucking person on campus is very comfortable with popping pills. Like, there is no uh, preference in terms of drug whatsoever. It's like, well, I'm normally a weed guy, but... Well, those mystery pills, I mean, basically the same thing. Or, hey, I'm a business major and I got a real bad coke problem already. But you know what? These two fucking NyQuil caplets, they'll look probably the same thing. That's probably how that works. So everyone on campus literally buys mystery drugs from the same Columbine shooter. I don't think that there is a single student in this film who rejects drugs in any way. No. Who says, like, you know... Not for me, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, except for our two main characters, but uh, but because they're the protagonists. Right. Um, but every single other person is like, drugs, nummy, nummy, right. let me like grab some coins from under my couch and well, see what I can... Yeah, there's literally a scene where there's these three quote-unquote frat guys, and I say quote-unquote because they're like the simpiest guys I've ever fucking seen on film. They're like three losers who were just like, oh yeah, you're in the frat house now, pal. Like, oh, you're very intimidating. <laughs> and they're talking to the Columbine shooter and he's like, yeah, it's like ecstasy, but also it's like whatever. And it's great. And they're like, oh, that's good enough for us. So they buy it and he's like, well, wait a minute. Only take one pill at a time. Cause I don't want you lightweights like pooping on yourself. And they're like, thanks drug dealer. And then he leaves and immediately the first guy takes three of them. And then the, the other very alpha fucking super Chad Royale frat guy says, Oh, why did you take three? He only said to take one. <laughs> and the guy's like, Oh, he's a drug dealer. He doesn't know shit about shit. And then they, I guess, overdose and immediately turn into zombies. Let me just say, that is how alpha I would be if you were, like, forcing me to we, take drugs. We, we and... are more butch uh, frat guys than the three frat guys in the Oh, movie. for sure. For sure. Yes. Uh, I mean, I rushed a frat once, so uh, maybe you didn't know that, but I'm pretty fucking alpha. I'm pretty, I'm per, pretty chad. But really, I mean, I, I would be, I'd be at the guy at the party that was like, you know, if there's like a tab of ecstasy or whatever, and I saw somebody take two, I'm like, you're going to die now. We got to go make you throw up. Yeah, your, your spinal fluid's going to be all dried up. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, so yeah, everybody takes the fucking drugs and then little, you know, they explain it away as like, well, depending on your height and age and weight and blah, 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 and convenience of story, you'll turn into a zombie at a different point in time. It's not just like universal, like, oh, you only have 10 minutes. Um, and so the, I don't know, the main characters just kind of fart around and waste a lot of time. Okay, so so here's a big question I've got because okay. these main characters are beyond incompetent, right? Yes, and, and they don't and they don't set it up that way. I mean, the the girl seems like she's got a pretty good head on her shoulders. The main guy is like he's in his uncle's house and almost immediately discovers the hidden lair that his uncle had these uh, canisters I, of zombie gas. I had to rewind the movie a couple of times because I thought I skipped a scene. Because it goes from like blah 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 whatever whatever, and then it immediately cuts to our main character who's already in the midst of like digging through the secret tunnel, and I'm like, right. did I miss a scene? Like, where the how the fuck do we end up here? Yeah, he does immediately. He's like, he's in this house, and he's like, I've lived here for 18 years, and yet I've, I was in this room for five minutes, and I saw the fucking hidden room here that I've never seen before. That's crazy. Uh, what are the odds? It's almost like there's a movie being made right now. Right. And I had to move the plot along. Right. I had to um, conveniently get this going because otherwise we don't have <laughs> a fucking three-act story. Uh, but, but but really, so so uh, for as competent you as they would seem to be able to figure out, hey, I think there's some military-grade chemicals that your uncle was possibly hiding and you don't know who he really was. And they're like magically putting all this plot together and they're like, Let's go to the science guy on campus. Cut to him smoking blue shit out of a tube. Yeah. And you're like, why does anyone... Why would anyone trust this guy? He's right. smoking blue shit out of a tube. And, and and he's wearing a lab coat at a party. Yeah. So, he's, so he's, they bring he's, him in. If anything, yeah. he's Bill Nye the date rape guy. And it's not, yeah. that's not okay. <laughs> so they bring him in and his first guy is like, looks like a futuristic beer keg. And it's like... All right, I, I'm pretty sure they just put a lab coat on you, buddy. I, I don't think that you... <laughs> you just keep showing up to the classes and everyone's too socially awkward to be like, you're not in this course. Go away. <laughs> but, so they, they they have him test it and he's like, well, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's definitely military grade, it's definitely dangerous. And so they go, all right, well, what do we do now? And he goes, I'll take care of it. And they're like, okay. And they just leave. Yeah. They, they go, sounds good. I didn't want to have to go drop this outside of a 7-Eleven near my house right. and, and have somebody else deal with it. So right. if you're going to deal with I, it. I thought I was going to have to put it shit. in front of my neighbor's house with a paper sign on that says free. Uh, so that he looks like trash and not me. I, th I thought I was going to have to go turn it into Best Buy, like a printer cartridge, and I, have them uh, dispose of it. Bill Nye, the drug guy, thank God you're taking care of it. I thought I was going to have to roll it next to one of those clothing deposit boxes for the poor and just pretend that that's also appropriate to put there. Or go to a Goodwill after hours and dump it in the bin and just be like, yeah, that's donated, fuck you, and then drive away. But you're going to take care of it instead. Great. Now I don't have to deal with the Goodwill lady asking me its approximate value. <laughs> so that I can write it off on my taxes. I don't have to worry about it. You nailed it. Thanks, bud. So, um, so, so, so he then, winks right at the camera. Right. He definitely winks and then 
makes like a, a ooga sound and then yeah <laughs> and immediately turns it into drugs right like chip skyler who's like the fucking dj is like oh let me taste a little bit of that and then like terrible house on haunted hill remake effects happen and his head goes wibbly wobbly and then he's like oh man that was such a great head trip and like i got a boner too and they're like oh man <laughs> we got to sell this as drugs so they turn it into pills Everyone on campus loves pills, inexplicably, and now we've set up the catalyst for, oops, there's going to be a giant party, and everyone's going to, you know, take these drugs at the same time, I guess. It's going to be synchronized, uh, you know, tripping balls, and uh, and then it turns out, whoopsie-daisy, it's zombie. Everyone's going to be a fucking zombie. Yeah. yeah. It's now, so, so, so zombies, the, the zombie stuff happens kind of slowly. Like there's, there's a few individual zombies that start to pop up here and there. Right. Um, that are kind of causing shenanigans before we get to our big zombie rave. Right. At the like end of the, the movie. We start with the frat guys and they're running around and, and wanting to infect people. And one thing I can't figure out is the consistency of zombiedom in this because the frat guys start off by just going brains, which was, a, I guess, a big thing in Return of the Living Dead. Like, that's really yeah. where we get the zombie chanting for brains from. Yeah, honestly. Which, which is, is to- which, yeah, which is really important. Yeah. Like, when you're watching, like, an early 2000s cartoon that has, like, a zombie episode of it, and they say brains, it's from this fucking franchise. Right. Like, that, that is where it comes from. When you're watching an episode of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and a zombie says brains, like, right. it gets it from this fucking movie. Or so. the Treehouse of Horror episode of The Simpsons, when everyone's turning into right. zombies except for The Simpsons, and, you know, they yeah. tap on Homer's head. But anyway, so that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. They can just say brains, and that's it. But then there's a point where the one frat guy who only took one pill is running away and they're like, come on, man, we're supposed to be frat brothers. We share everything like internal organs. And I'm like, oh, so are they going to have quips and things like that or no? And the answer is not really, kind of, sometimes, a little bit, but not always. And I don't fucking understand why. Yeah, and there was some inconsistency to that in the first movie as well. So like... You know, because obviously there's the famous line of like, send more paramedics, Yeah. you know, and then there's like the, I know you're up there because I can smell your brain. So like they, they can talk in the original movie, um, but they didn't have like jokes. That yeah. all. I mean, I, I guess send more cops is a joke, I guess, but n- not in the sense of like the, the. They didn't have to, the zombie didn't have to write that joke. Right. Whereas I feel like the zombie there is writing the joke of frat brothers share everything, including internal organs. Like that's a setup and a punchline that the zombie had to think of. Like while he was chasing down his living frat bro, he had to be like, what would be really funny to say right now? Yeah, I'm going to serve him up a fucking grand slam with this one. Um, <laughs> and so while they're running amok, they end up scratching this like college co-ed girl who's like, I guess, going on a date with her boyfriend or whatever. And they just sort of like mm-hmm. drive off. Like, she's like, ah, th- that was weird. Well, anyway, let's continue going on about our evening. And so they do. They drive up to like Lover's Lane. And the guy's like, come on, baby. Like, you haven't said a word all night. Like, what's going on? And of course, we like pan over and she's clearly transformed into a zombie. Which, which let me just say, um, uh, 
apparently this college campus has such a drug problem that uh, you can chase after someone, physically assault them, and your skin is like gray and your eyes are sunken in or whatever, and you're just like, oh, I'm, and 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 you, all, all the other kids on campus will just be like, I can't believe you're high again. Right. It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, and you're high already? Like, th- this campus really has a really bad drug problem it's it's kind of sad honestly yeah that's actually the subtext of it is it's just how depressing is the 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 opioid crisis in romania that like these kids are just drugged out of their mind and it's just like what can you do what can you even do at this point so she's a zombie and he's like yeah come on baby let's get into it and she and now i'm going to no you know what i'm not Tien, you explain the order of operations that happens at, at this scene. Okay, so so she's a zombie. She turns around. She says brains and lunges for him and just sort of falls into his lap. And he says, Whoa! Baby, usually I gotta take it Olive Garden first before this happens. And I, I guess she starts sucking his dick because he's, he's reacting like, like it. Yeah, <laughs> he sure is. Unless he's just never had his dick sucked before. And so he's just like <laughs> acting out like a, a porn he's seen. Yeah, he's like, like, oh, this feels great. She's just, she's kind just of, like bashing her forehead yeah, she's on just his kind of like clawing around my thighs and, and groin region. But I'm assuming this is how this is supposed to go. So I'm just going to go. Roll oh, with my it. God. <laughs> And then, uh, wouldn't you know it, he she comes and bites his dick off. Your... Of all the elements that I thought, all of the themes and motifs, I thought that these two pieces of celluloid could have shared, like, multiple characters having a thick accent for no reason. Who would have known that zombie girl bites off dick was going to be the the main... The bridge of these two great flavors taste great together. Both films really dedicate an entire scene to a man getting his dick bitten off by some kind of zombie woman. Both of these films were like, and that's a wrap for the day, folks. We made art. Like that, they both did that. Yeah, wow. Um, it was, you know, what I will say is this movie at least didn't revel in it as much True. as Reanimator did. Reanimator made the prop penis, fucking made it fight a rat. I mean, I, I don't even think that this movie made a prop penis. So no. it just was like it least. was just like a foley art sound of somebody like twisting some celery, and they were like, "Boom!" Called it a day. <laughs> Got it. Um, okay, so... And then what happens? Nothing. They just sort of fart around. The main character goes, hey, you think that uh, our buddy turned that drum of military chemicals in? Yeah, probably. And then they see a guy who's, like, zonked out of his mind. And even though we've already established that this campus clearly has a drug problem, they're like, mm, something fishy's afoot. And then they go back, and it's like, did you turn in that drum? And it's like... No, we use it to make drugs. Like, oh, <laughs> like, dang it. Damn it, that's your reputation. You you make science into drugs. That's your whole character. How? Who could have predicted something like this? 
That's when we found you at the party, you were literally doing this exact thing, making a drug science experiment. Who could have possibly predicted this? And so but, um, they're like, all right, we'll get rid of the drugs now, even though we've already sold it to the entire campus and there's no way to recall them and people have already been taking them. But we'll just, as a gesture, here are some baggies. We saw we. And so then, okay, great. Then main character's girlfriend is like, yeah, I'm not done fucking around yet. So she takes a syringe full of the trioxin puts it in these rat cages. One of the rats gets it and gets infected, bites a vegetarian, which by the way, Jesus from on high, does this movie think that vegetarian students becoming zombies is like the apex of fine comedic writing? Because there's like, I counted at least like four or five different characters that each either like, presented themselves as a vegetarian or was wearing a shirt that said like I'm a vegetarian or meat is murder or whatever the fuck and then they immediately begin become zombies and are biting people and this movie is just like do you get it that's called subverting expectations fucko that's fine art you piece of shit like this movie does that so many times unnecessary but so, anyway, uh, so the fucking rats, blah, 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 bites a guy, all know, vegetarian guy, who just magically knows the combination to the oil drum. Like, that's not explained. He just goes like, boop, boop, beep. And then he's like, ah, oh, my hand that got bit, it's kind of fucking me up a little bit. Let me go watch that off. And then the tar man from the original movie, but like updated with, so he looks more gross and less campy, uh, just gets the fuck out of it. And it's just like. I guess time to fuck, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what his motivations are. But he's just like, <laughs> I heard there's a rave. I'm looking to blow and or be blown. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I'm looking to bite some dick off. <laughs> I, heard, I heard this campus was full of dick biters. I want in on that. Sigma Chi, um, bite that dick. Whatever. Yeah, Um. I, I guess it's implied that, like... Okay, so... Uh, I don't know how many canisters of zombie gas there are. They but say I think five a... in the beginning, but then there's like a dozen throughout the fucking movie. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many there are like in total. Like, I think it's like the medical supply warehouse from the first movie gets, I think, one or two of them. And one of them has a tar man in it. And so I guess the implication is that each one of those barrels has a tar man inside it. So this is, I, I, my assumption is this is not the same tar man from the first movie. This is a different tar man. Okay. Um, but I liked that there was a tar man. I mean, at least there was something recognizable and from I the first his, movie in it. I thought his effect was cool. I thought, oh yeah, it looked super cool. I mean, yeah. At the end, when he's like walking along the highway, you can see like, oh, he's wearing like jeans that have like fucking goop on him. But other yeah. than that, like, it was a cool effect. I I was very on board with that, but just, yeah, he had nothing to do though. Here's the thing. There are elements in this movie that I don't hate completely. Please I like share them Man. because I got nothing. Sure. Um, I think some of the comedy in this movie is not terrible. There are, are jokes that maybe they don't quite land or they don't stick the landing, but they, they kind of, they stumble, but they stay on their feet. Like, I don't know. The Interpol guys are kind of funny. Like, there's these two uh, semi-bumbling uh, 
Interpol agents that are like chasing the chemical throughout the whole movie. And at one point they're going into the rave. And again, they're very thick accents as well. At least they play yes. off of it, kind of. And they're like, oh no, we don't have a, a costume to get into the party. And they turn and there's two teenage girls wearing like female Viking costumes with like the big cone uh, breastplate and everything. And uh, they they look over at each other like, no, you're thinking what I'm thinking. And then so then the rest of the movie, they're wearing those for the, all the action sequences yes. where they're like blowing zombies apart and stuff. They're wearing these female Viking uh, costumes. I don't know. They're, like, I, even like the, when he's getting his dick sucked and about to be bitten off and he says, I, I, I haven't even taken you to Olive Garden yet. Like, I didn't, I didn't laugh, but I exhaled out of my nose a little bit. Like, I love any defensive comedy saying, I didn't laugh. Like, I wouldn't say it's not funny, but like, I didn't laugh. Well, that means it's not funny. That's what that means. That's the opposite. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know how many people listen to this show and defend it by saying like, well, I didn't laugh, but like, it's funny. And I accept that. <laughs> we're, the, we're the rave to the grave of horror podcasts, is what this yes, is what exactly. I'm hearing right now. Uh, you know, another scene that I didn't even mind is um, when the two middle-aged stoners at, oh, who go to this college, I guess, they're tasked with... What is even their task? Their task... The, the, two of the zombies are tied up, right. and they're given to the middle-aged stoners... To and go drive to, to a hospital. Get them the fuck out of here? Yeah. Okay, get them to a hospital. Okay, get it... Fucking drive them to a field, open the door, and say, <laughs> go, you're free. <laughs> Bite their dicks on the way out, and tell them to have a great life. Um, so, so they're driving along, smoking their weed, continuing to, I mean, these guys have nothing to talk about other than how good the weed they're smoking is. Yes. They're just like, man, we've all, this we've shit. All met, we've all met people like this before. <laughs> yeah. So, so of course the zombies untie themselves. They attack them in the car. The Interpol guys are following them along the road, like saying like, well, you know, we're trying not to intervene be, until the right moment. Um, they see them get attacked. They see that they've pulled over on the side of the road because they're, you know, they've, they've both been attacked by these zombies. So the Interpol guys get out of the car and f blow the ever-loving fuck out of the other car up with a rocket launcher. That was like, strange. They just, I mean, I, that, that, I can't, how can you hate that? I mean, that's... Because that's what, that's like the, the, the beginning of Jason Goes to Hell. That's that's the kind of, like, catharsis that people want when they're watching a horror movie. And they're like, God damn, I wish somebody just would show up with a rocket launcher at this point. I, and once I, you know it, they did. Again, similar to your defense of, oh, it wasn't not funny. I didn't laugh. Same thing as, like, oh, what a great moment. Like, you know, everyone's least favorite Friday the 13th film. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, okay, I can't, I mean, I'm not going to lie to everybody it reminds out me, there. It reminds me of America's favorite pastime, getting kicked in the crotch. Like, no, no, that's not what that is. I'm not going to compare this movie to, like, amazing things. I'm not going to say that this movie's, like, getting your dick sucked and not getting it bitten off. Like, <laughs> Which, I mean, that's, just... that's the, clearly the new measuring stick of any film. Like, is this yeah. like that or is it not like that? Yeah, well, precisely. So, we get uh -huh. to the rave of which going to the grave may be a possibility and everyone's turning into zombies holy shit and then we have this big well wait a minute first of all there's a montage not necessary 
of them like building the rave area for some reason. And then at one point, the drug dealer who's dressed like the Columbine shooter is tripping balls and sees a naked devil woman because it had been too long since we had any titties on the screen. (laughs) So naked devil woman for no reason who ends up being a zombie person and he's just tripping balls. But nevertheless, so we get to the rave. Holy shit. And then all the characters, the main characters show up and they're like, we got to fucking save a few select people, but everybody else can go fuck themselves, I guess. And they all get guns. And then we're just sort of faffing about and like kind of shooting zombies every once in a while. Uh, just trying to run out the clock for the time. We're like, well, we got to make it an hour. So fucking, what are we going to do? And shit kind of goes tits up. And the zombies are overwhelming them because literally everyone on campus decided to turn into a zombie. And so the Interpol guys call in like, Hey, we need backup. And they're like, Oh, the Americans already got it. And the Americans just sort of like helicopter in and just blast everybody's ass. Like that's their solution is like, we're not worried about survivors. We're not fucking talking to anybody. Just everyone's got to die. And so they just start shooting people willy nilly. And, uh, it seems like no one survives. But then at the very end, our main character and his girlfriend and one of the Interpol guys survive. And they're like, oh man, this is devastating. And then the fucking main hero guy's like, yeah, it was a party. No one could forget. Everyone's fucking dead. What are you talking about? Now is not the time for a quip. Everyone's dead. And, (laughs) and then we end with Tarman still alive, trying to hitch a ride to get back involved with the movie. But oops, he didn't. So, oh well. And credits. Yeah, I. I it's uh, the the involvement of Tarman is so fascinating because they're like, oh man, he's climbing out of the vet. Wouldn't you know it? It's Tarman, baby. And then they do show a scene of him hitchhiking. It's kind of funny, you yeah. know. Oh, okay, he's got a little sign. Again, I didn't laugh, but like. You know, it says rave or bust and the R is backwards. And, you know, I didn't laugh, but it was funny. (laughs) Um, And then I assumed, and how poor of me to assume that if they were to set up something like that, that he would indeed find a way to the rave and he would show up as part of the climax of the film. No, just kidding. It's just going to be a second joke. The same joke again later, Mem- which is he's still this hitchhiking. Joke? Remember this joke? Um, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, I, I assume the same way. I was like, oh, our main, our main character and his girlfriend just survived because like they're slightly off center of the rave. And for whatever reason, they just survive. So I'm like, okay, they're going to come out and be like, oh man, we survived. And then Tarman's going to come and fuck him up the ass or whatever he does. I don't know what his character motivations are, but no, they're completely unrelated. And the, and then the Tarman, like the hitchhiking scene, I agree. I didn't want to stab myself in the face, but I was like, okay, that's cute. But then when they come back to it the second time, it's just 100% insulting because it's like, Hey, assholes who like these movies, we know you like Tarman. So we made sure to include him, but we couldn't really come up with anything interesting for him to do. So fuck him. He's still out here, I guess. Whatever. I don't care. Like, oh, okay, great. Like, <laughs> it would be like if you made a Back to the Future sequel and you had fucking Christopher Lloyd step on for like a minute and they were like, yeah, anyway, fuck him though. And then you just start doing another story. Like, 
okay. Well, you could have just skipped them all together then if you didn't have anything for him to do. Um, That's true. So yeah, That's that, was, true. that was insulting as shit. And not enough dick biting, I have to say. Yeah. My other issue with uh, the behavior of the zombies in this movie, other than the inconsistency of, well, can they talk or can they not talk, yeah. is... They want to eat brains. Yes. And as established in the first film, they will lick a skull clean like an ice cream bowl, baby. They will rip that thing open and they will eat into a human head until there's nothing left inside of it. Yes. Um, and in this movie, they will give one clean bite to the back of somebody's skull and then they're not interested anymore. Yeah. It's like that <laughs> happens over and over again yeah, where they, they would really... come up behind somebody, they would have what's arguably the worst bite you could have if you're interested in brains, just the hair and skull. Yeah. They'll just chew on that a little and then they'll be like, all right, I'm bored. And they'll move on to the next victim. Like, doesn't seem like you're interested in eating brains. It seems like you just like, I don't know, eating hair, which is awful. Yeah, well, it was, it was one of those cases where you know, in a zombie movie, you shouldn't necessarily have to just be like, and then the audience will assume, because that's basically how it was. It was like they had an effect for the head bite, but for the actual brain eating, they were like, ah, you get it. It's the, you know, the undisclosed brain eating. Like, we know what <laughs> we're headed for, and you get the idea. And I was like, oh, okay. But boy, did they have that head bite effect unlocked. Jesus. My God. Well, and so here's the major issue. So the ending okay, we're going to this big rave, it's overwhelming with zombies, and our main characters have got to blast their way out. Perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable. The issue is, the film trying to present this as dramatic, like, we give a shit about any of these characters. Like, the drug Bill Nye is like, but we gotta save Shayna! And you're like, who the fuck is that? And it's like, I guess his girlfriend? Like, she was in a scene, and it's like, oh, we gotta save her. And it's like, I don't care. And same thing with our main character and his girlfriend. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Like, I don't care. The only thing that was close was like, oh, the Interpol guys were kind of silly. I would prefer that they not die, if possible. But ultimately, I wouldn't exhale out of my nose if they did. I would not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> So the ending is very classic, like, oh, how are they going to get out? But ultimately, I don't give a shit about any of these characters, so it really kind of rings hollow, if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah, and that's how a lot of this movie is, unfortunately. Um, <sighs> okay, well, I mean, any final thoughts about Return of the Living Dead, Raves of the Grave? Uh, not nearly enough dick biting. Yeah, well, that's fair. Uh, well, we'll get to that, though. Don't you worry. Oh, thank God. All right. Let's take a break. All right, Zach. Um, I'm glad that we have maybe a minute to rest here while we're uh, refilling our water and all of that. Uh, because I think that when it comes to, obviously, movie theaters are opening up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we need to be pitching more ideas. Now is the time. Because... Theaters, I mean, th this is the big media renaissance, baby. I mean, everybody's got their own streaming service right now. And, you know, really, this is the time to be getting our content out there right now. And we're, we're talking about two zombie movies here. And I just think that we need to get some zombie ideas out there. Zombies have not been cool for a while now. And I think that they could be. I think they could be with our help. 
So, 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 so we got to hit them with it. We got to come in strong. We got to tell these studios what to do with zombies right now. So we can, so we can just be back on top. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm, I, and so here is my first thought is speaking of things coming back and and trying to come back from the dead and bring it back from the dead. Uh, the celebrity game shows are suddenly fucking back. There's like match game and there's uh, press your luck and celebrity family feud. And it's all like oh. all these fucking celebrities who should be doing something more dignified are all stooping down to host these. But I'm saying classic game shows, but you involve the living dead in them. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, so let's think of how we would implement that here. So like it's, uh, Wheel of Fortune and like Drew Carey is there, but then like he you've just gets already, attacked by. You've some... already fucked it up because <laughs> Drew is, Carey is he not Drew Carey is he Family Feud? No, Drew Carey hosts The Price Is Right. You plebe. Mm. No, you would go like this. Fuck. You would have it be, uh, you know, um, match game, and but instead of old washed up celebrities as the the participants, you have nobody but zombies. So then it's like, oh. You know, uh, Janice came home and found her husband uh, grabbing onto the blank. And then like, okay, Abraham Lincoln, what do you think? And he's like, uh, and he's like, oh, bing, bong, bing, like that, you know, and then they try to match. I wrote, uh, like, oh, they, you got it, baby. And the, Yeah, bing, there you bing, go. Bing, bing, That's bing. good. I like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like zombies would be really good for like uh double dare, you know, oh, absolutely. Like, just put them in a big jumpsuit and a helmet, just shove them down like a big nose and land in a big booger pit or whatever. Well, you the, know, that'd be... the best part of that would be you wouldn't have to worry about any kind of safety protocols anymore. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, because their arm could just get ripped off in the nose hole and it wouldn't matter. Right, because be if anyone's ever watched the best part of Double Dare, there's that one episode where they do the physical challenge at the end, they do the obstacle course, and the, like, eight-year-old kid who's the first participant in it immediately falls and eats shit and doesn't get up quick enough, so Mark Summers drags his ass to glory <laughs> Same thing, but with a zombie. Like, they eat shit, a leg broke, breaks off, Mark Summers says, God damn it, we're not starting this over. Get your ass over here. And drags their <laughs> undead carcass through the fucking, like, uh-oh, it's the oil slick. And it's like, you know, someone's doo-doo or something like that that they're putting them in. Wow. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> I, I think that's perfect. Um, or, like, you know, zombies trying to climb the aggro crag. I mean, I think that would be... That would be probably pretty good. Well, um, and, and the best part of that is, like, instead of, like, oh, here's some foam block pieces that are going to fall down on the crag and knock them back a bit, you just mm-hmm. have, like, snipers with live rounds just uh, perched at the top. <laughs> so as the zombies are trying to, like, shamble their way up, they're just getting, like, a fucking piece of their torso just blown off as they're, like, yeah. trying to win. And you're like, oh, you know. <laughs> I think that, or like, uh, you know, obviously because those 90s Nickelodeon shows, I feel like they kind of ripped off of uh, Japanese game shows. Yes. With like how ridiculous the physical challenges are. So if you took like the, what what was the name of the actual Japanese show that MXC used? Uh, Takeshi's Castle. Yeah. So if you just took like Takeshi's Castle, I can't believe you fucking knew that, you incel. Of course I did. Um, uh, <laughs> you stuck to Keshi's castle. I've, I've just never, had zombies. Being... I've never answered anything with more confidence in my entire <laughs> life. I know you looked at me like I'm like, what's your wife's name? To Keshi's castle. Uh, yeah. What was the first date you ever went on with your wife? Uh, 
Takeshi's what, Castle. What was, it, what was the name of the MXC show that wasn't that? Takeshi's Castle. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you did that, like you put zombies in just like giant sumo suits and, you know, had them get slapped around by like a giant hand and just get knocked into the water and well, shit. And... there's one Japanese game show. I don't know the fucking name of it. I can't say it with confidence. Um, but one of the things that they do is, this is going to sound fucking like I'm just making it up. They have very, very hot dumplings. Like, they have, like, a boiling pot of dumplings. Okay. And the the gimmick is, you take chopsticks, you grab a dumpling, and you just put it, you pop it right in your mouth, and you're supposed to, like, not react in any way and eat the shit out of it. And right. if you do that, then you win a prize or whatever. Same concept, but actually something on fire. Like, you have, like, a piece of charcoal or something like that that's actively burning, and you pop it in a, in a zombie's mouth and see if they spit it out, if they have enough cognitive, like, capacity to be like, oh, no! Like, or if they just stand there until their whole fucking head's on fire. And it's like, yeah, wow. here you go. Like, and you just <laughs> you do the shot clock. You clock them like, oh, 15 seconds. Good job. Like, I, I think that could be fantastic. That's perfect, yeah. Was it Takeshi's Castle or was it something else where one of the challenges was uh, umbrellas? It was like Russian roulette with umbrellas where oh. some of them had the spring system in it that would like pop out and you know like extend the umbrella some of them had been like defused essentially um and so they would you have two contestants like playing russian roulette essentially where they would hold it a couple inches away from their face press the button and then phew okay it's done and then or someone would just get knocked right in the nose with it you could do that with zombies but like just have it be like a a, just a shotgun just a regular shotgun that other one that was like that silent library one where, like, you know, it's, like, six people sitting at a table in an actual library, mm-hmm. and the whole thing of it is, is, like, they all flip a card over, and someone has, like, the uh-oh card, and something bad has to happen to that person, and the gimmick is you have to stay quiet, because you're in a library. So, like, right. s- sometimes it'll be, like, you know, oh, I got the uh-oh card, and then they'll, like, bring out, like, a mouse trap and, like, snap it on your pinky finger, and you gotta be- <laughs> stay quiet. Or, like, there was one where... They had an old snap it on your penis. Snap it right on your penis. They had one where they had an old guy. This is gonna fit with that too. They had an old guy come out and he took out his teeth and like gave the guy with the uh oh card like a hickey, like gummed him oh, a hickey. Oh my god! And he couldn't make any noise. Same thing. Have him do that to your penis. That's it. What are zombies? Zombies. <laughs> That's what this is about. So same thing. But when you flip the uh oh card, a zombie comes and bites you actively and like won't let go. And then you and have bite to your penis off. <laughs> Now we did it, ladies and gentlemen. We got there. There was some doubt, but we fucking nailed it. We got wow, there. Well, this is this is great. I was expecting that we were gonna pitch maybe new zombie movies, but I think just reminiscing about old game shows and crudely throwing zombies into them is just as good. That's so the future, baby. Um, the future is streaming material that's easily consumable. That's it. Beautiful. Fucking All right. Quibi's dead anyway. Bring us on that platform. It's fine. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, let's get back into it. <laughs> Before I blow up the earth, because it obstructs my view of Venus, I'm listening to Frightful Failures. Isn't that lovely? Well, the time has come. We are fixers by trade, TN, and so it's time for us to settle in here and fix these two films so let's start with beyond reanimator obviously right. off the table if this is anybody's first time listening off the table is 
not make this fucking movie. That's not an option. We <laughs> we have to give it a genuine critique and help to make this thing work. Yes. Okay. So, um, as I mentioned when we were discussing it, I think that a big problem with this movie is its title. It sets mm-hmm. an expectation that there is going to be something beyond the realm of reanimation or, or even to go even more meta beyond what you saw in the first movie which is not the case i mean the no. first movie ends with all out chaos as a morgue has been brought back to life and there's a dozen naked zombies like trying to catch our protagonists and rip them apart and this does not feel uh beyond that in any way if anything this feels like it should have been called like primal reanimator or reanimator back to formula or some shit um, and have Willem Dafoe grabbing you and throwing you through glass. Um, (laughs) But I I think that, you know, because the fact of the matter is he's, he's in a cell with nothing without his, you know, whole lab and all the rest. And he doesn't even have the formula. He doesn't even have the serum in the cell. So it just doesn't feel like it's beyond anything. So my concept is, you set it in the prison still. That's fine. Prison is totally fine. I mean, look at Alien 3. Like, it's fine. Um, so, you have West kill himself in the prison and have some sort of device that he's hooked up to himself that's going to inject his serum into him after a certain amount of time, like once he's in the morgue. Um, so he comes back and he's a little fucked up, obviously, because it's his serum, but he's retained most of his mental capacity. You know, he's a genius. Um, and so then at that point he figures out how to take control of the prison, like kill the warden, et cetera, and just have him go full mad scientist at that point where he's experimenting on all the prisoners. He's like splicing them together, mixing them with animal DNA, all this shit, and just take it to that level. Because the thing is, it's like ask human centipede. Like they, uh, they're like for a sequel. Where are we gonna go? We sewed three to get three people together, ass to mouth. Where are we gonna go from there? And the answer is, and it's kind of a rhetorical question, obviously. But the answer to that rhetorical question is, well, you put more people ass to mouth. Obviously, right. you go big or you go home. And I just think that this should have felt on a much grander scale than it actually was. Well, I have something very similar to that, because I do agree that the the label, the title of the film, does not really fit in with what's going on. Um, so, my thought is, you can still set it in a prison, but West hasn't been caught yet. Hmm. But he has now weaseled his way into being the physician on premises for this prison perfect and he's continuing to experiment and blah 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 but the beyond element is not necessarily like ass to mouth in this case the beyond element is we start delving into other lovecraft things that like what happens when you've gone 10 years in playing god and what are the repercussions of that outside of the physical realm so you know we start bringing in more like necronomicon-y kind of stuff and some of the elder god sort of shit like maybe that's the direction that herbert's going that it's not strictly science it's science and now it's kind of becoming almost like necromancy kind of thing and now he's messing with things beyond just the like hey i brought he was dead i brought him back 
Now it's like we're moving forward in a worse direction and now there's going to be repercussions other than just like, oh man, the Dean's going to be real cheesed off about this. Like it's, it, we're, we're delving into elements that no one can delve into. Um, I love that. Sincerely. I, I think that that's a great idea. Um, that's, that's, that's right along the same lines of what I was thinking too. I just hadn't pushed it in that direction, but, but yeah, no, I agree completely that, uh, you know, that if, that if, if, if Herbert West by nature wants to defy God, uh, wants to put his balls in God's face, then the only logical direction to keep that going is to find out what other gods there are. Yeah. Um, so, and how I mean, does, that... how do God, how do gods respond to that? Like that, <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. that's our kind of counterpoint. Um, yeah. Also, more dick biting, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess how could we make it that every male character in the film gets their dick bitten off at some point? Like, how do we? Because, because like Herbert West, he doesn't want his dick in anyone's mouth. So, how are we going to pull that off? How are we going to get his dick bitten off? Well, here's the thing. So, there was actually a deleted scene in the original Reanimator mm-hmm. where. Dan, his roommate, stumbles into Herbert's room and it's shown that Herbert is actually shooting up with a watered down version of the reanimation fluid. And that's oh. and he he claims that's how like, oh, I don't have to sleep, I don't have to really eat, I can just kind of live off this and work 24/7, but it's also sort of ex- implying an explanation as to like why Herbert West is the way he is, like why he doesn't really function as a normal human. Mhm. So my thought is we bring that back around town. We're dealing with like Lovecraftian horrors and things like that. And there's like some kind of, you know, seductress creature thing. And it's just on a dick biting frenzy. And like, yes. you know, ba 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 ba. She bites Dan's dick off. She bites the warden's dick off. She's biting everybody's dick off. She finally corners West and it's like, guess what? You're joining the no dick club. And he's like joining it. Bitch, I'm the president of it. He drops his <laughs> pants. He got rid of his dick a while ago because the sex drive made him weak and he couldn't focus on science. So he's like, boom, it's just a hole that piss kind of dribbles out of from time to time. He's a Ken doll down there. Exactly. There's, there's exactly. nothing. That, Smooth like a baby's bottom. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the ultimate twist. Wow, that's a great twist. But then they have like an awkward fist fight for the last 10 minutes yes, of the film. Yes, there is a 15 minute fist fight between just a, a grown man and a woman with no extra elements in it. It's just, this is it. Enjoy this now. Wow. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's, uh, I think that's really what we need to do. I, okay, so that's good. That's good. All right. Um, we got to talk about Return of the Living Dead here. We got to well, talk about Rave to the Grave. Quick question. Do you okay. think if Beyond Reanimator had done okay, do you think we could have gotten to a point, because there was always a lot of stories about like what the fourth one was going to be, and it was going to mm-hmm. be about, like the big rumor was like, it was about like the president dies in office, and they can't, for political reasons, let that be known, so they bring in West to like bring the president back, but the president's not the same, obviously, blah, 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 mm-hmm. which that sounds lame as fuck. Um, but if the series had continued, do you think we could have ever made a crossover happen like they did in the comics? Like, do you think we could have had like a reanimator Darkman comic or, or, or a movie or a reanimator army of darkness movie? Like, do you think we could have ever reached that? Or was that always going to be just like fantasy booking? 
Uh, I wish. I, I really wish. I think that the ultimate crossover would have been uh, Weekend at Bernie's and Reanimator. I think that, that that... Oh, my God. The fucking island music plays and all the fucking reanimated corpses just start fucking vibing out into the ocean and Herbert Wet's like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that would be perfect. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I only follow Weekend at Bernie's two rules. Or is it three? Whichever one has the island music that makes him move. I don't remember which one it is. But that's the only one is I it, acknowledge. Is that not in the first one? I don't remember. I super don't I thought remember. The island, I thought the island music happens in the first one and he like just... And like, isn't there a hang gliding scene? Yes, but I think in the first one it's literally just he's dead and it's zany. I think it does. I think we don't get into reanimating the dead until two or three. <laughs> like clearly, the two guys are just like very calm to that. They're like, "Wow, that's I, interesting." I've I've been told by my associate that it is one hundred percent weakened at Bernie's too. My level of confidence about Takeshi's castle. They've given me that same <laughs> level of confidence that it's weakened at Bernie's too. Okay, wow, well, good to know. Um, I, I thought for sure the first one he dances. No, but... why would they jump the shark that early? Like, the first one, the zaniness is like, oh, he's dead and we're pretending he's not. Like, I, it would be a crazy, that's too much movie to be like, oh, he's dead and we're gonna pretend he's not. Also, uh, necromancy exists and voodoo exists and uh, what a pickle we're in here. Well, I mean, hey, it's quite the pickle. Okay, all right. Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. Again, Go. we can't offer the suggestion of don't fucking make this movie. That's not an option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn it, I don't know. Um, Here, Here's my idea. So, so punks are such an integral part of the first movie. That's uh, yeah, like, true. That's what's iconic about it is punks. So, if you're going to make a modern, like, set after the year 2000 uh, version of this movie, like a, a film in the series, I think you need to do, like, Green Room, but with zombies, basically. Like, you need to have, like, a punk band that has stumbled into this Nazi punk bar, but also the zombie gas happens, and so now all these Nazi punks are zombies, and they're Nazi punk zombies... Zombie Nazi punks, and they're trying to get into the green room to get at this band, and it's like an actual fight for survival. They're trying to get out, and also Tarman's there for some reason, and he's trying to hitch a ride. Tarman is actually the club owner. Yes, like, Tarman is Tarman like, is the Patrick Stewart right. owner of the club. Like when the the band is like gets out of the fucking room, and they're like, "Oh my god, we're almost free!" And they turn a corner, and Tarman's there in like a really ugly shirt with like a big cigar, and he's like. Sorry, boys. The house was light tonight. I can't pay you what I promised. And they're like, "Oh no!" Like that's perfect. That's ideal. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is no bullshit. Even though your idea is just basically a ripoff of, of Green Room. Yes. That sounds so fucking awesome. The idea of like punk band trying to survive. And killing waves of Nazi punk zombies. Get Troma on the phone right fucking now. That sounds so goddamn cool. Right. Call the, Uncle Lloyd right now. Right. Because, like, that's just fucking amazing. Because you tie in the zombie gas. Is they're going to try to, like, you know, do a new final solution or some horse shit. And then, oh, God. Whoops. <laughs> whoopsie doodle. It's zombie gas. And we all got infected because it sprung a leak or whatever. And 
the the band's the only ones that are, that survive. Like that sounds fucking awesome. Right. No. Plus, I, I... plus you have to imagine there's gonna be a, a, a curb stomp scene. There has oh, to I'm be. Sure. And just yeah, the, no, the, sure the do that as a as a you know practical effect. Like have just the head fucking explode because they're stomping <laughs> a zombie, so it just goes <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. That no, would be precisely. the absolute shit. Now, other than that way better movie pitch, how do we do how do we incorporate any elements from the actual Rave of the Grave into this? Because <laughs> what you've described beats the balls off of this movie, but how do we incorporate any element at all? Um, I think you, you have, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Aaron Taylor Johnson, Aaron, uh, Aaron Hanson, Aaron Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> from Game uh, Aaron Hanson from Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, Aaron Paul. <laughs> Aaron Paul from, from Breaking Bad. Um, so Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad who shows also, up on campus who also because not in Rave of the Grave. So I'm very curious. To see where this he place. shows up on campus in Rave to the Grave because he hears that there's a new drug moving into town that's threatening the the blue crystal from Heisenberg, and so he's here to put a stop to it. And he gets mixed up in all that zombie hoodoo nonsense. So, and, uh, so you're suggesting a Breaking Bad Return of the Living Dead crossover is what I'm hearing right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, that sounds awful. Okay, but what if Better Call Saul was there? <laughs> You've won me over. Uh, uh-huh, thank you. <laughs> no, I think I think you could have kind of the bumbling Interpol uh, guys. You could incorporate them because they weren't terrible. Um. But have them be played by, like, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen. Well, I mean, ideally, yeah. Um, yeah. And even, I think the, um, I think you could even do the same Tarman effect that you did in, in Rave the Grave, because that fucking looked awesome. Um, Doesn't Bill Hader play one of the agents in that movie, Paul? I think he does. And they, and he plays, uh, they both play the cops in Superbad. Yeah, that's what, well. That's what I was referencing Got is it. that they're the cops and super. No, let me bad, explain but... your joke though, and make sure it's super not funny now because I've explained. It. <laughs> no, wait, hang on. So wait, you're saying? <laughs> hey, did the you know? Exact... Did you, did you know? <laughs> you're saying your the suggestion exact... was in a movie? Did you Did you know that? Wait, wait, wait. So the exact characters that I was referencing? What if there that's was a, a movie? What if there was a zombie named McLovin? Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Wow, that's a good idea. What if his name was McChompin? Folks, there it is. <laughs> McChompin no, that dick. I think that's uh I think that would actually work pretty well. Um I don't know what elements do you fucking tie into this? Jesus Christ. I guess you just have more dick biting, to be honest. It's <laughs> really just what it comes down to is it's just multiple scenes, the exact same setup, but it's a different restaurant named every time. <laughs> Oh my god, I usually gotta take you to Red Lobster before this happens. Whoa, I usually usually gotta take you to the Cheesecake Factory before I see this out. Oh! (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) I usually gotta take you to uh, Sweet Tomatoes before this happens. And then there's one that's like fucking dice, and he's like, usually I gotta take you to Arby's before you start doing this. (laughs) Oh! And then he jizzes. 
He doesn't allow the bite. He he pulls the pull the trigger too fast. And the zombie's like, "Whoa, are you serious right now? What are we doing?" <laughs> the zombie's like, I- "I'm gonna go. <laughs> this has been this fun. This is embarrassing. Don't call me." Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, it suck to get ghosted by a zombie who just wanted to bite your dick off, anyways? Oh, jeez, I come too fast. Even a zombie <laughs> is not interested. What if that's the What if that's the thing? Like, they're like, oh, you know, nerd guy in the group. Like, how did you survive? She was going to bite your dick for sure. I came in like two seconds and <laughs> the zombie was confused and I got the fuck out of there with tears in my eyes. <laughs> as soon as she touched my thigh, I came. <laughs> I so then we away. just talked instead. Like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. Wow, that's good, yeah. Um, So there you go, that's the solution. Yeah, that's the solution. So, uh, boy, consider those two movies fixed. I would still say you could put, you could set the the green room version in Romania. I I don't have a problem with that. You can still... But whose dick gets bitten off in the green room version? Fuck, good question. Is it Tarman's dick? Is is that... (laughs) And they're like, hey, come on. And he's like, and you're like, we're, we're beyond that now in terms of like, you, do you want a place on the card? How dare you? How dare you, sir? (laughs) Um, and, and and, and like every episode (laughs) we get canceled, we're done. Can I tell you, can I tell you an actual real story? I don't know if I've told you this before. Okay. So the lead guy in green room. Okay. Um, you know who I'm talking about? Is that the kid who died? The Star Trek kid yeah. who died? Okay, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. And I wish I knew his name right now because I feel very Anton Yelchin? Anton Yelchin, yes. Yeah, okay, so Anton Yelchin, who uh, passed at a very young age, very tragically, uh, we were at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and he's buried there. Oh, wow. And he's got an actual, like, statue of him there on what his the grave. Fuck? Yeah, there's a statue of him on his grave. Um, so we're kind of talking about that. We're, we're kind of pacing around his grave, and we're talking like, wow, this motherfucker's got a statue. We got, like, all these other classic film stars. They don't got a statue. And we were kind of like, wasn't he in that one movie? It was kind of shitty and, and blah, blah, blah. And then we watch... An elderly Russian woman walk up to the statue and, like, kiss him on the shoulder and say, like, I'll be back tomorrow. And then walk away. And we were shit-talking his son while his mom, like, walked up and kissed his statue. (laughs) Charlie Bartlett, what a piece of shit that was. And she's like, they broke my heart into a thousand pieces that day. He was yeah. he was pretty good in the Fright Night remake. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's exactly what she said to us. <laughs> you are all bad people for doing this. Yeah, so there you we go. are. So, well, what better note to end on, huh? Yeah, we're, you're a bad person and talking <laughs> shit about the dead. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Please tell people where they can find us and follow us and 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 support. Uh, Instagram is Frightful Failures, Twitter is Fright Failures, uh, you can always find us on your favorite podcasting app, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, all the bullshit. Um, again, uh, please, if you got any sort of a giggle on this, best thing, oh my god, I'm belching, the best thing you could possibly <laughs> if you do. At all, also, I'm about to vomit. Morty, <laughs> 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 uh, this is my only impression if you want, if you want more rick and morty stuff then make sure you don't like and subscribe and leave a comment because that's what you're gonna get
is just nonstop Rick and Morty spicy content. Yeah, if we don't get uh, three more reviews on iTunes, next episode's going to be all Rick and Morty, baby. All right. So, um, but really, uh, if, if you if you had a giggle, if you had a laugh, um, uh, please leave us a review. Uh, tell a friend. It's uh, really, really helpful to the show. We appreciate it a lot. Um, again, thank you, as always, to the Slash and Cast Podcast Network for uh, regretfully involving us in your network. Um, we appreciate it a lot. Do you have anything to uh, plug there, buddy? No. Um, merch will be coming soon. I've said that for the last two years. Uh, That's true. Uh, eventually, it'll get there. <laughs> Just give us time for I don't know what. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> follow us on our social medias to hear our dumb shit. And uh, oh, 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 uh, Brain Buster video is coming soon, uh, which mm. is going to be uh, VHS releases. The last uh, official big-time VHS that was ever released was, uh, I believe it was History of Violence in 2006. There's a lot of great movies that have not been put on VHS, and we're looking to solve some of those problems. So mm. Brain Buster video on social media, as well as uh, you can actually get merch for that thing that doesn't exist yet. You can get merch for that, but not this show that's been wow. around for fucking three years. So uh, <laughs> on behalf of Tien Guignol, I am Zach Romero. Thank you so much for listening to Frightful Failures, and continue circulating the tapes. The very masculine frat guys. <laughs> I wasn't aware that you had a full orchestra there to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill this fucking cat. <laughs> you didn't even make a sound like. Literally, a Looney Tunes cartoon happened right off camera, and you just turned very cold. This is you look. You were like this, blah, 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 and you just went like, "Yeah, the fucking Blue Man Group just started next to you. Are you gonna fucking let them in, or they gotta rehearse?" <laughs> they, have, they, have, they have shit to get to. <laughs>